Welcome to God's Favorite Shepherds, a collection of 39 short stories rounding out the lives of mainly lesser-known Bible characters, with many of the stories ending with a short quiz. Listen now to the author of God's Favorite Shepherds, Bill Ackland. Today's story has a rather unusual title. I cried when a plant died. And it's about a self-centered prophet. This story is based on the book of Jonah. When I look back at the period of my life I'm about to relate to you, I am filled with regret and just trust and pray that God will forgive me for failing him. My name is Jonah from Gath Hepha in Galilee. My father's name is Amittai. About the time Jeroboam II became king of the northern kingdom of Israel, whose capital is Samaria, God told me to give a warning message to the people of Nineveh. This was about 150 years after the death of Solomon. Nineveh was a principal city of the Assyrian Empire and their capital city for part of their time in power. The Ninevites were a warlike and wicked people. Other nations feared them. God's charge both frightened and frustrated me. Why should I give that city a message from God when I thought they were not worth saving? What would happen to me in wandering through that great city? It was about 12 kilometres around its circumference and took days to walk through all its many streets. I decided that the best thing I could do was to put myself so far away from Nineveh that God would have to commission another prophet to do what I thought would be a waste of time. So I headed for the port of Joppa, found a ship that was bound for Tarshish on the southern coast of Spain, a long, long way over the great sea, and paid the fare. I found a bunk in the lower part of the ship and promptly went to sleep. The ship commenced its voyage by first heading in a northerly direction, and then the plan was to head westward. At first, the winds were fair, but soon after our course was set, a violent wind, seemingly coming from all directions, turned the calm sea into a boiling fury. The sailors immediately did everything they could to keep control of the ship. The next thing I knew, I was roughly awoken, with the captain standing over me saying, What are you doing, just lying here while the ship is about to sink? You'd better pray to your God, whoever he might be, so he can save us if he is able. Desperate now, the sailors said, Let us cast lots to see who is the guilty person who has caused this disaster to come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on me. The captain asked me all sorts of questions such as, What do you do? And... What country are you from? When I told them why I had booked passage in the ship, they couldn't believe I was disobeying my God, causing this dreadful storm and putting all their lives in danger. Well, they said, you've caused us all this trouble. Now you better tell us how to save the lives of everyone on board so the ship is not smashed to pieces. Accepting my fate and sensing that I knew what had to be done, I replied, you must throw me into the sea and then it will be calm again. This seemed to them to be a very drastic step to take. 
So they kept rowing on the ship's great oars, but nothing they could do made the situation any better. They prayed to God, asking him not to punish them for the action they were about to take. You, O Lord, have done what you knew was best, they said. Then they picked me up and threw me overboard. At that instant, the waves were calm. Then I felt like I was slithering down a slippery chute into a soft, smelly place. I realized that God in his mercy had prepared a very large fish to swallow me until I came to my senses. Oh Lord, you have not forsaken me as I ran away from you. Please save me out of the sea inside the belly of this great fish. The rest of my prayer is at the end of my story. After three days and three nights, God must have spoken to the fish, for it spewed me out onto the beach. At last, I was on dry land again. God had not forgotten the commission he had given me, so he spoke to me again, saying, Get up now and go to the great city of Nineveh and tell the people the message I have given you. This time I did as the Lord commanded and went straight to Nineveh. It was indeed a mighty city, one of the greatest cities of the world in our time. After commencing on the first day's walk through the city, I called out as loudly as I could, In 40 days, Nineveh will be destroyed. To my surprise, the people repented of their wicked ways. Even the king came down from his throne, took off his royal robes, put on a cloak of sackcloth and sat in ashes as a sign of repentance and sorrow for the wickedness of himself and his people. He sent a proclamation to all the citizens of the city that they and their animals were not to eat or drink. They must be clothed in sackcloth and call out loudly in true repentance to the great God of heaven for the wicked things they had done. Perhaps, the king said, God will not do to us what he said he would do and we may be saved. In his kindness and mercy, God accepted the repentance of the king and the people of Nineveh. He saw they were truly sorry for their sins and for the violent lives they had lived in bringing destruction and death to so many of the people they had conquered. So God decided the Ninevites would not die, but would be allowed to live to demonstrate the genuineness of their repentance. Nineveh was built many years before by Nimrod, the grandson of Ham, who lived not many years after the Great Flood. I sadly confess here that I was not happy that God had virtually made a liar out of me, or so I thought at the time. Ah, Lord, this is exactly why I took the ship in the opposite direction to Nineveh, for I just knew you would be kind to them, showing mercy to that wicked people and not punishing them as I had prophesied. I've been made to look a fool, so you might as well kill me right here and now, for it would be better for me to die and not live." The Lord had every right to discipline me for speaking to him like that. But instead he said, Do you really think you have a right to be angry that I have taken the action that I have in not destroying the people of Nineveh? Not knowing what would happen next, I decided to go outside the city, build myself a little shelter on a rise from where I could see what action the Lord would take. 
No sooner had I finished the shelter than a plant started to grow over the shelter with large, thick leaves that made a wonderful shade from the hot sun. I realised that God had made the plant to grow so quickly. I was very grateful for that. By now it was nightfall, and after such an eventful day, I lay down in the shelter and slept soundly until the light of the new day awoke me. To my horror, I saw that something must have eaten the roots of the plant during the night. It had then shriveled up in the extremely hot east wind that blew out of the desert. The blistering sun and oven-hot wind sapped my strength in a very short time. I felt faint, and I thought I was going to die. I said aloud, This heat is going to kill me, so I might as well be dead. I wept at the thought that I might die just because this plant was no longer there to give me shelter. At that moment, God spoke to me, so I listened intently to what he had to say. Do you think you are excused for being angry that this plant died? Yes, I do, Lord. I really do think I have every reason to be angry that my shelter has disappeared. What the Lord said next really brought me up with a start. Your priorities are all wrong. Here is this plant that grew quickly and died just as quickly, and you are unhappy that this mere plant died. Shouldn't I have pity on the hundreds of thousands of people in Nineveh who have repented of their sins? I've extended my great mercy to them, so you should be grateful I've also been merciful to you. This experience, this encounter with God, changed my whole attitude. God made me see that people are of far more worth than things, and that when people turn to God and truly repent of their wicked ways, then it is God's right to forgive them in his great mercy and compassion. And that includes me. The following is the prayer that I prayed after the great fish had spewed me out onto the dry land. I prayed urgently to the Lord because of all my terrible troubles, and he heard my humble prayer. Out of the mighty depths I cried, and God heard my plea. He had thrown me into the deep sea, into the midst of the stormy waters. The great sea completely surrounded me, and the waves were far over my head. Then I said, O Lord, I have been banished from your presence, yet even so I will try to look towards your holy temple. The water completely enveloped me, and great strands of seaweed wrapped around my head. I sank lower and lower, even to the foundations of the mountains. I thought the prison bars of the earth had slammed shut behind me forever. Yet you have lifted me up from that dreadful place, O my God, when I was left with no hope at all. It was then that I remembered that only the Lord could help me. So I prayed to the Lord in his holy temple. People who give their allegiance to worthless idols are turning their backs on the loving kindness of God. But I will bring my sacrifices to him as I sing songs of praise. I will pay the vows I have made. Salvation comes only from the Lord. I now have a short quiz for you. What was Jonah's father's name? Did Jonah live in Judah or Galilee? What was the king's name when Jonah was a prophet? Was Nineveh a small town or a large city 
And how do we know? Did Jonah eventually come to his senses and obey God? What did Jonah still have to learn when God spared Nineveh? You've been listening to God's Favoured Shepherds, a book with 39 short stories rounding out the lives of mainly lesser-known Bible characters. If you have any comments or questions, or to obtain a copy of this book, give us a call within Australia on 02-4973-3456 or send an email to radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. We'd love to hear from you. 